Welcome to Extension Out Loud, a podcast by Cornell Cooperative Extension. I'm Katie Bailden. And I'm Paul Treadwell. Who are we talking to today, Paul? This is our first episode where we're highlighting one of our sister podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we're highlighting the parenting podcast from Suffolk County and introducing that is Nancy Olson Harbick. And Nancy is the Program Director for Family Health and Wellness at Cornell Cooperative Extension in Suffolk County. Suffolk is one of the many counties that have ton of parenting programs across New York State. So she talks a little bit about the podcast that they've been doing called Parenting Tips mm-hmm. and some of the topics that they cover. And we'll be featuring an episode on temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. Here's a quick conversation with Nancy and then stay tuned for the episode from Parenting Tips by CCE Suffolk. My name is Nancy Olson Harbick. I am Program Director for Family Health and Wellness here at Cornell Cooperative Extension in Suffolk County. I received a degree in Human Development and Family Studies from Cornell University in 1983 and began working at Cornell Cooperative Extension in Suffolk County in 1985. So I've been here my entire career working to help support families in our very large county do a good job raising raising their kids. That's really been a focus of my career. Oh, welcome to Extension Out Loud, and it's, it's great to be talking to you. So I'm just, the first thing that pops to mind is in the span of time you've been in your career, the changes you've seen in parenting must have been pretty, has it been pretty tremendous, the changes, or has it been pretty consistent? Have parents always dealt with the same issues? Uh, That's a really good question. I think that the job of being a parent has always been sort of surprising to new parents in the amount of responsibility in what they thought they knew and what they find out they don't know. And I think it's always been hard to to do the job well. I think people are very hard on themselves and always have been. I think what's perhaps different over the 35 years is we find parents feeling a little bit more isolated than they used to, perhaps not having relatives close by, having family that moved down south. So an aunt or a grandma is not close by to get advice from. I think the relationship people have with their pediatricians has changed, for instance. So Mm. Perhaps 35 years ago, they were given more time to ask questions, and now it's a little bit harder to allocate that time. So I think people really are looking for good information about how to do this very challenging job, and I think Extension tries to fill that niche. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the program programs and services that you offer? Sure. We have a whole menu that we send out to community groups, libraries and schools and child care centers and places that parents are members of or attend on a regular basis. We do about 300 parent education programs a year out in the community. And then we also offer a range of training for professionals who are working with families in communities that we may not be reaching or with special niche groups that may not have access to us. And we want to make sure that the professionals who are our colleagues out there have also good research-based information to pass on to parents. So we really do both things in terms of in-person education, parent workshops, and professional trainings. And then in recent years, we've tried to think about how to use media better because 
what are ways that we can get messages out there to a bigger population more often. So we're trying to use Facebook and we have a a blog here in Suffolk County focused on family living and um, that goes out electronically. And recently we started these podcasts that we're really excited about. And the CCE Suffolk Parenting Podcast, it's called Parenting Tips, right? That's the official name. Mm -hmm. You've talked about many topics on the podcast. What's the focus of the podcast? The topics that we get the most requests for are those around behavior management. Those are the things that are most difficult for parents. So that's why we went with positive discipline and temper tantrums. The children in sleep one was a growing concern in the research about the amount of children um, who are going to preschool and school tired. And getting children to bed has always been a topic that parents want to talk about, but now there is some science, I think, that's really pushing us to give parents a lot of support around their children's need for sleep, how important it is for their growth and development and academic success, and also, frankly, for themselves. We're planning our next set of podcasts, and we're going to do something on adult sleep because adults need it as well. Um, And then Understanding Temperament was a podcast that uh, was chosen because... um, We have a workshop on that topic, and uh, people find um, this idea that uh, there are temperamental differences among children really interesting. Children, parents are often confused as to how they gave birth to two or three kids, and they're all so different, and they all have the same genetics. You know, how did that happen? So temperament helps explain why children in the same family behave and act quite differently. And then the Grandparents Raising Grandchildren podcast is specifically designed for an initiative that Cooperative Extension has on really trying to help support kinship caregivers, people who through a variety of situations and reasons have ended up raising either their grandchildren or their grandnephews or nieces or other relatives, and with the best of intentions, go on this journey that is very, very, very challenging. And so that podcast is designed to offer them some support and let them know about our local resources. It sounds like you have the full range of parenting covered there. Which is, <laughs> well, you should see our, our menu of programs. I mean, we really <laughs> do. We do a lot. Our educators are very experienced. Most of them have been with me over a decade and um, are developing programs really in response to what people say that they're needing information on. So we're going to share an episode that you guys recorded today. It's an interview with Carrie Cray Rita. A child development educator. Can you tell us anything about that episode? So this podcast that, that you're going to highlight is about temper tantrums, and it's going to really look in on, uh, focus in on the causes of temper tantrums and what can be done to minimize them and the best ways to deal with them when they do occur. That's uh, really important stuff to know. Um, I think uh, we all still have temper tantrums, and so... Might be helpful for us as uh, colleagues to know how to manage some of those things as well. (laughs) Well, you know, when we do the program locally, we call it the in-person program. We call it temper tantrums, yours and theirs, because Mm -hmm. um, uh, adults have them too. 
you know, frequently. And, um, and they often have them in, in response to children's temper tantrums. So you, you'll see that, you know, the child tantruming on the floor and the, the adult tantruming above them, basically. So we, we try to help people sort of understand what all these emotions are about and, and how people can, can deal with their negative emotions. There's a lot of good information out there, and you know, as parents go looking, there's a lot of conflicting information. If you talk about what's out there in the media, boy, you can go onto websites that are hosted by people who have absolutely no credentials in this area, um, except that perhaps they've raised their own children, or you know, perhaps they've, you know, done something related to it. But at Cooperative Extension, we really try to give people good solid research-based information. We try to really make it practical. We try to make the experience fun for them. We want them to think of family life as something that is not just, you know, hard work and drudgery, but something that is also delightful and fun. We uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to chat with us, and uh, now we're going to highlight your episode. So thanks again for all your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Parenting Tips, the family health and wellness podcast series for parents and professionals working with families. Family health and wellness is a part of the National Extension System, which provides research-based information and is a program of Cornell Cooperative Extension of Suffolk County. I'm Rory McNish, the host of this series, which will showcase family health and wellness educators who are experts in their field of child development, positive parenting practices, nutrition, and health. Our goal is to help adults make research-informed decisions for themselves and their families. So I'm pleased to welcome Kerry Cray Retta, who will be joining us today to talk about temper tantrums. Kerry has been a human development specialist with Family Health and Wellness since 2000. Kerry specializes in early childhood development as well as health and wellness. Morning, Kerry. Good morning. How are you? All right. How are you doing? Just fine, thanks. Now, as a parent of four and now a grandparent, I have had some personal experience with temper temper tantrums. Let me tell you. I'm telling you. I bet you have. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, they're they're such a normal part of growing up that really anyone who has raised children or or spent any time with young children has probably experienced some temper tantrums. And um, I'd venture to guess that you might have even had one or two of your own. A couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Same here. And I think they more came from me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, um, do all children have temper tantrums? Not necessarily, Um, but but most will have at least a few. Temper tantrums are kind of like a runny nose. You know, some children Mm -hmm. may have one or two in a lifetime, and others may have several a day for a year straight. Um, Usually when we have children who do experience temper tantrums, it's usually between the ages of 18 months and five years of age. And um, one of the things I get asked a lot is, do boys have more temper tantrums than girls? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, no. <laughs> okay. They happen equally between yep. boys and All girls. Right. Well, I don't know girls, so <laughs> with four boys. Okay. <laughs> Even though temper tantrums are so common, they're difficult for parents to deal with. Um, a lot of the times parents will view a temper tantrum as something bad or negative, And I try to get parents to think of tantrums in a new light as something that's healthy, healing, and really something that's necessary in Mm -hmm. some cases. 
young children experience really strong emotions sometimes, such as anger, frustration, disappointment. And if they don't have the coping skills or the same control that adults have, mm-hmm. or they don't necessarily have great language skills yet, these emotions have to come out in right. some way. So we do see them come out physically. Um, sometimes it might be biting or hitting, and certainly with temper tantrums. So I like to think of a temper tantrum kind of as a, an emotional sneeze, a way to clear out all those strong emotions and get back to normal. Okay. Yeah. Um, really, a temper tantrum can be an opportunity to for both the parents and the children to learn about emotions and how to manage them. What mm-hmm. the trick is, is for the parent not to take them personally. Right, right. Um, is there a reason why some children have uh, like so few while others have so many? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there are a few things that make a child maybe more prone to having temper tantrums. So one of those is language delays. If a child is struggling with language, that can cause a lot of frustration, which then can lead to more temper tantrums. But also a child's temperament may increase his or her likelihood of having temper tantrums. So for example, if you have a child who is intense with sensitivities or an inability to transition well, mm-hmm. this is going to lead to more tantrums. Now you have a podcast on temperament. Uh, if people would like more information on that, um, we have it right here on our our site that they can go to. Absolutely. Cool. Now, um, I remember with some of my children, um, I could sometimes predict when a temper tantrum could happen. Like I, I could see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes they are predictable. Um, the, the cause of temper tantrums is going to be different for each child. But if you pay close attention, you can usually determine what your child's triggers are going to be. And some of the most common triggers are being tired, hungry, bored, um, maybe being scared or overexcited, generally not feeling well. Also, if a child doesn't isn't getting the attention they want or sometimes a change in activity or again those limited verbal skills can also trigger a tantrum and i have my own little uh, triggers too in life (laughs) (laughs) you know i i do say that to parents when we talk you know um think about yourself when you're not feeling well if you're tired or if you're hungry or hangry right Right. sure you you don't have the same patience level that you typically would so you can see that it's not that much different for our children But most temper tantrums come from being overwhelmed by emotion. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes, oftentimes, actually, parents will say, you know, my child has a temper tantrum whenever I tell them no or they can't get what they want. And they feel that their child is trying to manipulate them into getting what they want. Mm -hmm. And to a very small extent, that might be true and that might be the cause of a temper tantrum especially if a child has learned over time that a temper tantrum will get him or her what they want right sure but the truth is that most of the temper tantrums are actually caused by the underlying emotion of not getting what they want right, right. Um, so disappointment is usually a big one that will trigger it Um, without words to express these emotions, again, they're going to come out in physical ways and and in tantrums. Now, is there any, um, anything that a parent can do to kind of help prevent tantrums? Is that a, is that, would that be a good thing to do or? It's a great thing to do. Um, giving children words for their emotions is a very good place to start 
we often, you know, as our children are learning language, we label everything for them. We label a chair, we label a dog, we label a door, Mm -hmm. but we don't often think to give them the words for the emotions that we think they're experiencing. Right. Sure. So that's a really great place to start. And if you can kind of catch your child when they're first experiencing that emotion, rather than once it's gotten to the level that they're in a full-blown temper tantrum, that's best. So Mm -hmm. as an example, if you see your child is getting frustrated when they're playing with a toy, and I like to use those shape sorters as an example, where you have to get the triangle shape into the triangle hole. But if your child is trying to get the triangle shape into the circle hole, no amount of pressing is going to make that happen. So that can, you know, frustration can build. Oh, sure. As soon as you see that, that's a great time to say, I see that toy is making you angry or Mm -hmm. frustrated. You know, whatever you think the label is or the emotion is, label that. Mm -hmm. And you want to do that before the child has gotten so upset that they take the toy and throw it across the room. Right, yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, The other thing you can do is look for patterns. As I said earlier, you know, if you pay close attention, you can determine what your child's triggers are. Pay attention to when, where, and with whom the tantrums are happening. If you notice that your child's temper tantrums happen when they're hungry or tired, be sure to have a set schedule around meals and sleep. You know, do not make that nap happen later because you'll just set yourself up and your child up for a temper tantrum. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, another thing, if you notice that your child's temper tantrums are triggered by a change in activity, this would indicate that she is having difficulty transitioning from one activity to another. And this can be really challenging because our days are filled with transitions. Oh, yeah. So giving um, a warning to a child before one activity is ending and before moving to the next activity can be helpful for that. I'm not, I'm not really sure if, uh, if all temper tantrums are preventable. What would be the best way to respond to a tantrum when one does happen? Yeah. Despite your best efforts, you yeah. will not be able to eliminate all temper tantrums, yeah. uh, at least for a little while until your child, you know, grows out of them. Okay. Um, but the best thing to do when one does occur is to stay calm and to not take it personally. Mm -hmm. You know, when your child is having a temper tantrum, it's because they're overwhelmed by their emotions, so they're out of control, and this can be a scary time for them. So it's even more important that the adult stay in control and stay calm. Right. If your emotions are out of control, it's going to take your child even longer to calm themselves down. Mm -hmm. So if you need to take a few seconds, maybe a few deep breaths, to center yourself before you... um, tend to your child, I would recommend that. Okay. Um, I like to recommend deep breathing, not just for parents, but for them to teach their child how to do it. Because breathing deeply naturally calms us. So it's a great skill for people of any ages. And what I like about it is you can do it anywhere. You don't have to pack anything special. You don't draw attention to yourself. Mm -hmm. And really, even the youngest children can learn how to do it. So that's a great idea. You know, what we're teaching our children is how to manage emotions, right? Which is a lifelong skill. So, um, you know, taking a pause with a few deep breaths Mm -hmm. helps you helps your child. And it also helps you to be more proactive with your child rather than be reactive. Okay. 
which is huge because if we react, sometimes we don't always behave the way we want to. And they're always seeing our behavior. That's the thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're role modeling yeah. for your child how you deal with emotions, right, which right. is a plus. Cool. Another thing about temper tantrums is that you do want to acknowledge your child's emotion and help them to calm down. But what you don't want to do is give in to their demands. Right. So as an example, if, if your child is upset that she couldn't have a toy that she wanted at mm -hmm. the store, a good way to handle that is to say something like, I understand that you're sad that you can't have the toy. And you might want to offer a hug also to console her. Or in some cases, if she's really upset, you might need to leave the store. And sure. once you're outside, you both can take a few deep breaths together. Yep. Um, but what you do not want to do is give her the toy yes. after you've already said no yeah, just to stop the temper tantrum. That seems like you're you're rewarding that behavior, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and mm -hmm. so if, if that happens frequently enough, then the child does learn a yeah. temper tantrum can manipulate a situation. Right, right. So we don't want that. And um, by giving in, you also aren't teaching her how to manage those emotions. Well, very good. Thank you. I mean, and, uh, lots of great information today. And... Uh, we are uh, here with Carrie Retta, and we're talking about temper tantrums. Um, if you are listening and you'd like more information or you want to comment about today's topic, you can email us at jsj79 at cornell.edu or kkr5 at cornell.edu. Again, Carrie, thank you so much for uh, all the information that you've given us today. For more information on this topic, you can visit our website at ccesuffolk.org forward slash family health and wellness forward slash human development. Thanks for listening to this episode. Extension Out Loud was produced and edited by Paul Treadwell with help from Katie Belden and R.J. Anderson. For more about this episode, including show notes, a listener survey, uh, sign up for our mailing list, and more, visit extensionoutloud.com. And be sure to subscribe to Extension Out Loud on your favorite podcast directory. Mm -hmm.